Dude, we're live. Wait, what? We're on. On what? 23 shots of or with JD? Wait, the mic's live? Yes. Uh, I think it's off. Just go off. What's up? This is the 23 shots of JD podcast. How's it going? You don't like that? What was that, dude? You said bring energy. Not that type of energy. What's was that? Then you show me. All right. Hey, guys. This is the 23 shots of JD podcast. Yeah, I guess that's better. Let's roll straight into it. Let's go. Guy in the NBA should ever, should ever, have, should ever wear a 23. I've been working on that shot my whole life, and uh, you know, for that one to go in, you know, that was that was liberating right there, man. And I'm not, I'm not shoving it aside, you know, like it don't mean anything. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we talking about 23 shots of JD podcast. Man, you been watching much college hoops lately? Yeah, actually, I've been watching a, a lot of Duke basketball. They had that um, what's it, what's it, that Marvin Bagley the third? The third? I think yeah, third. I don't know. You gotta add that as well, Marvin Bagley the third. MB three, I guess. Yeah, I know, but he's playing he's playing really really well. The people people think he's gonna be like a at least a top five pick, but some people have him as a number one. Have you much watched much of him? I watched a Duke game earlier. Another guy impressed me. We'll get back to Bagley in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grayson Allen. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm off, I've been off the Grayson Allen train for a while, but ever since his chipping incident. He's in his fourth year, though. Like, yeah. He's almost Dude, graduated. Yeah. No, think, no, think about it logically. In college, as a sophomore, oh, no, as a rookie or sophomore? One of the two. He averaged 20 points a game, right? That would have been good enough to probably be a solid first-round pick. Then he stayed that extra year last year in his junior season. And he averaged less points. Because he, he was in all that turmoil. Exactly, and he tripped people over, which obviously diminished his whole sort of draft potential. And now, like, people don't even think he's going to get drafted, let alone second round. People don't think he's going to get drafted. Probably second round, but I don't think, people don't think he's a first-round talent. He's good, though. Like, And you're but playing under but, Coach K. You know he's got the connections. Yeah, but, like, in regards to the whole college scene, though, he's a fourth-year guy playing against first-year guys. And, like, going back to Marvin Bagley, I think Marvin Bagley is, at like, 17, 18 years old, while someone like Grayson Allen is 21, 22 years old. So when he hits the end there, he'll be 22, 23. And obviously... Didn't we, you say Bagley, he, like, skipped a year of high school Yeah, he, he was actually the number one player as a junior in um, high school. And instead of going his senior season, he foregoed it, and he had enough credits to go into university straight away. So he's actually a year younger than most of his peers. Damn! How insane is that? So not only it must be really, really smart because Duke University is a really good university. Is it really, really good? Like, um, like in the rankings and stuff, it's actually very, very like prestigious. Like that's where, like on a side note, you know Ken Jong. Oh yeah. Yeah, he went to Duke University. Really? Yeah, for for uh, medicine. For or medicine, something. yeah, he's a doctor. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Back to our Bagley. Yeah, he's only like seventeen, eighteen. That's why when you look at. Grayson Allen being like 22, 23, as soon as he hits the NBA, he's already two years older than Ingram. He's already three years older than Lonzo. Why would you invest into someone that's already a matured asset? Yeah, like true. How, like, like, obviously, you can't, you know, that's there's that quote, like, you can't teach old dogs new tricks and you can't teach him not to trip people over. <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess the thing that impresses me so much about Bagley was I was watching him and a lot of those big guys, those like big phenoms, they yeah. don't look comfortable in their bodies in every sport. 
someone's really big, it, they kind of they look, look awkward, like yeah. they look awkward, but he looks not awkward at all. He looks really fluent. He looks like he's he's aware how big he is and he's okay with how big he, he is. His hand eye coordination is very impressive. Yeah, his body is is able to cope with his, its size and he looks really good shooting a free throw. So you know, he, like he's got an outside shot as well. He shoot the college three. And um, if you saw any of the Drew League highlights, he's played really well in the Drew League, really, really well against. Oh, really? Against NBA caliber talent. So he's proven that he can hang with the big guys, and you know he's showing that he, as a 17, 18 year old, he's dominating the college scene already. And you know that's insane. That's so valuable, though. If you can get a big, like if. I mean, not that he's Joel Embiid, but people compare him to Kevin Garnett. Yeah, he's got Kevin Garnett sort of uh, abilities. Yeah, if you can get a guy like that who their body isn't a concern at that size. Yeah. Because busts usually, um, I think point guards, basically the smaller the position, the less likely they are to be a bust. That's why you don't get too many complete bust point guards. Yeah, because if, they already have the skills and the technical abilities to even make it to that yeah, level. Yeah, exactly. Whereas big man, a lot of it, like... Is just size. Their size is there, but he's skilled and his body won't let him down. Yeah. That's really, really then, valuable. Then again, one thing to note as well, I'm pretty sure like he tore his ACL in his sophomore season or something. Oh, damn. So he missed, <laughs> he missed a whole year of uh, high school with a torn ACL, if I'm not mistaken. He's back, though. But yeah, he's... Think about it, he's, he's really dominating for Duke and... Yeah, it's really impressive and just really the whole college basketball scene is really uh, interesting. You know, there's a lot of good talent all over the place, which is actually uh, surprising. And everyone but the players gets paid. Exactly. I, dude, I, I still don't understand it. Like, obviously, we, we don't, you know, you can tell by our accents that we're not American. So just thinking that these guys are getting pretty much show pony. They around. have bigger crowds than professional sports here. Exactly. They daddy the crowds that exactly. come here. And the amount of sponsorship they have, is like they're sponsored by literally everything. It's like um, State Farm, blah, blah, blah. Like all these like insurance companies, uh, alcohol brands and stuff just sponsor college basketball. It's insane the amount of money there is in it. And like coaches get paid heaps of money. Heaps of money. Yeah. And like the players get paid nothing and the big thing about them getting paid nothing is because the, the notion around it is like they're student athletes and that their scholarship is already like payment enough getting yes, free education you see, I remember I watched something on the John Oliver show yeah he made a really good example he said because uh, they were talking about Richard Sherman and Richard Sherman was talking about yeah, his schedule that, yeah. as a student athlete and it was like ridiculous it was like wake up study film study for school breakfast training workout Jeez. class Lunch, training, film, study, dinner, training, sleep, repeat. And it was like, and then obviously you have to fly around to play the games. Yeah. So then you already miss out on actual school time. Exactly. So it's like your payment is your school. But not only that, if you don't do cert- like um, well enough in certain classes, you get hassled by the media, you get held back. And so John Oliver basically said something along the lines of, "Your this is the setup. If your boss, if you came into work and your boss said, we're not going to pay you, but we're going to pay you, we're going to give you the remuneration in the form of free musical lessons. Yeah. Now, you have to learn the musical lesson. And if you don't learn music efficiently, then we're going to punish you for that. But if you learn well, good on you, even though you're never going to use it because you're not going to become a musician. You're just going to move up the ranks in this like corporate office yeah. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's useless to them. If they're going to be a professional athlete, it's not that yeah. useful. And the thing, like, interesting as well, I, um, 
I think it was uh, Adrian Foster, the Arian Foster. Arian Foster, right? He was on the Joe Rogan podcast. You can look it up. And he was talking about um, his actual schedule, and he wanted to study um, space. He wanted to study astrology. But then what happened? Test out if the no. world was really flat or not. Yeah, exactly. You no, know. but apparently he wasn't allowed to study those the things that he wanted because it didn't align with his schedule. That so you, could, so you can't you can't even study what you want. You study like a basic sort of degree or whatever. So you can't even study like what you're actually passionate about, which is insane. So it's not only is the education so tough for you to even like grasp because not only are you competing with students that are not doing anything, but you're competing with like the actual sport as well. Yeah, which and is like, and you can't even do what you want. Even more, if you actually complete the degree, you're yeah. seen as a four-year player, which in the NBA is like draft suicide. It's exactly. like just asking for your draft stock to plummet. Yeah, it's so like. It's pretty dangerous, especially when you consider that the swimmer in the Olympics, that chick swimmer for the America who dominated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She couldn't get any sponsorships yeah. because she was at, like, Stanford or something. Yeah, she was, she was swimming at, like, at a university before. But, That's yeah, crazy. It's, it's insane like that. And I, But, like, I'm pretty sure, like, I, you know, don't take me up in this 100%, but I think it's only basketball and American football, NFL – is the only sports that you're not allowed to get paid. I think any other sport you can actually get sponsorships for. If you're a college student. Yeah, if you're a college student. So like, let's say you play like lacrosse or something. You can actually get sponsored by people. Oh, God. Because there's not that much money in it. It's not such a lucrative yeah. business. It's because basketball and American football is so lucrative that they want to keep the money contained within the school and the organization. Keep it in the Illuminati. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the college, or the college Illuminati. The college Illuminati. Whatever that means. But... Yeah, like there was that. There was this. I think this kicker yeah. for a college team. He did trick shots on YouTube, trick shots, and they were forcing him to like. They were thinking about forcing him to take his videos down or yeah. give the money to the college or something. There, there was an actual guy that played, uh, was playing um, college football, and he was doing YouTube videos as well. But he was doing like sort of vlogs, and he was showing that like show like what he did in a day, like a day in a life. Like, oh, this is what I do. I go wake up, study. I, like much like the Richard Sherman sort of schedule, and it would show that. And then the univer- university said you cannot do that because you're monetizing technically off the sport, the college sport. And he's like, "What is this BS? Like, why? Uh, this is my. It's like I'm basically an entrepreneur. I'm doing my own thing." And then he's like, "They're like the NCAA was like, no, you can't do that. That's against the rules." And so they, so then he's like, "No, no screw it." And then he foregoed his scholarship to focus on YouTube. Did he still? I think, but, he's, I think he still goes to college, but he pays for it, obviously, in full. But, but if, you, if you're if you a paying student, can you then be endorsed? Or is it as long as you're playing sport, you can't? I think it's if you have a scholarship. Obviously, I don't have, know the technicality, but I think it's just scholarship-based. Like, if you're, you're offered a scholarship, so like, sort of like, let's say, um, I don't know, Nike gives me a scholarship to go to design school, and then I started, like, wearing Adidas or something. You know what I mean? It would be sort of that situation. Like, I'm an NBA player, and I, I'm sponsored by Nike, but in the streets, the paparazzi caught me wearing Adidas. I think it's sort of like that situation. See, that's like... it's And, like, the worst part is, like, it would be cool if, like, they weren't monetizing so heavily on them. Like, they sell their jerseys. They sell their naming rights. Can you buy college sports jerseys? Yeah, easily. That's you pretty can, sick. Yeah, you can buy a, <laughs> a Duke uh, Marvin Bagley jersey easily. Like, a number... I don't and he'll get zero cents of that money. Zero, dude... Dude, if, you, if people are really interested in the whole college sports dynamics and how people don't get paid, watch the Fab Five documentary. Such an interesting documentary about Michigan, um, the Michigan Fab Five, which included Chris Webber, 
Chris Webber, Jalen Rhodes, uh, Juwan Howard, and you know a bunch of other players, two other players. And basically, they were like the face. People people were um, order biographies about them and stuff and sold it. What? And they weren't able, weren't able to make any money. The college the, the college was making so much money, and it was like such an impactful scene um, in the actual documentary with Jalen Rose goes. Yeah, everyone else was making money off the Fab Five except for our, except for us, and my mom could even turn the lights on at our, at my house. See, that's like, crazy, and like that's like the most insane thing about. At it. least like, give the money like as a donation. Exactly, but then, and when you find out at the end of the documentary, you find out that Chris Webb actually took money from an agent. Like Chris, Chris Webb took money from an agent like during his college, which is illegal. Probably fair enough. Yeah, though. Well, it's, it's like that uh, Rick Pitino situation in Louisville with the guy. There's a, there's yeah, a, we speak. We've spoken about this before. Yeah, it's a it's a top. It's like a top ten um talent. I think his name is Bruce Brian Brian Bowen. I think Brian Bowen. Oh yeah. Yeah, and he was like a top ten, uh, top twenty ESPN hundred player in his uh, class, and then he got paid a hundred thousand dollars or something to go play at Louisville, and then they caught it. The FBI started investigating. Oh, and it's like. In, real, in a realistic sense, he never played for the team. He never played for the team, and not only that, like I'm pretty sure the money that he's generating for the university is far greater than a hundred thousand dollars. Far greater. Yeah, it says Br- Brian Bowen is a bargain at a hundred k. Exactly, mm. and like that's crazy. So you pay a player a hundred k, which is like a lot to an eighteen year old, and yeah. you, they're a bargain, and you still aren't allowed to do that. And the thing is, like. It's not like these these athletes will have granted their whole lives to get this opportunity, and not, they share with their families a lot of them. They don't. It's not like they take the money and they just buy like Lambos and just Versace shirts and stuff. They give a lot of their money back to their parents, yeah, so they can actually survive because so much dedication and so much sacrifice is made by the parents to make sure that their child is in a position to actually succeed as an athlete and make us get this college uh, scholarship. See, I think the whole point of a scholarship is a kind of supposed to be a bit benevolent. Yeah, it's, but it's, there it's, is no benevolence in these scholarships. Exactly, it's super ludicrous. And like again, talking about Arian Foster, what he said that he couldn't even study what he wanted to study. That just like then, what's the point then? It's and especially because the NBA, the player has to go to college. Yeah, you're doing zero favors to them. Like Ben Simmons, he got. Nothing out of his yeah, own. He college. said he hated it. He said that, like it was useless. He didn't go to class. He didn't go to class because he was in the gym practicing. So he got scolded for not going to class. Yeah. And then he, if the rest of the team doesn't play well, he gets scolded. His draft stock falls. He exactly. gets criticized. And there's so much pressure on these players. It's insane. Everyone but him won out of that. Yeah, like it's a, it. It's really uh insane and how ludicrous the whole sort of college sports situation is. But that's why you when know, you see players who get paid, you're like, like. Good on them. When you see coaches who care about their players, they're like, oh, you see those star players they got to coach, they're like, dude, like, my, our room, myself and my roommate, like, we can't eat. Yeah. And the coach goes, okay, well, he's, you know, a hundred bucks. That's good. That's, that shouldn't be seen as something negative. Exactly. Like, college sports is so, so big in regards, like, financially. And like, where does the money go? It goes back to the NCAA, which is ironic because they're a non-profit organization. Yeah, but who's the? Where does the money go at that? Like, it's, where's it, the top it, of the pyramid? I think it goes back to the universities, so and they the just u- spend the it. The universities make the money, and then obviously they get a lot of. Like, most of the sponsorships are like shoe deals, so like they'll be like, let's say Duke is sponsored by Nike, so yeah. Nike pays the coach who is Mike Krzyzewski. He gets the Nike money, 
Really? Yes. Is it just the coach or is it your college? The staff makes the money and then like obviously the college as well. But like the college pays the staff a lot of money. Like like co- like college coaches get like upwards of five million dollars. It's really insane. But they're also part of the thing. They're like kind of there to do that. They're, oh, exactly, they're yeah. generating yeah. revenue. They're, they're, yeah. I think it's like Harbour in Michigan. Like he's there. Yeah, Jim Harbour gets He's a not lot a bad money. guy in that situation. He's getting paid because he's generating value, but it just seems like pretty much there's only a rare few people who are actually generating the value who get a cent in payment. Yeah, yeah. No, no one gets paid and it's insane. But interesting as, as well, like there's this USC player who's like a multi-millionaire. Like UFC fighter. USC, University of South Carolina. Oh, California. yeah. yeah. He, like, he, he started like his own investing firm or something and he's a, <laughs> and he's a college athlete. It's pretty cool. You should uh, search it up if you're interested. But yeah, talking about young players, I want to you know do a nice swift transition to the NBA and talk about uh, something you know we've discussed you know off podcast and just you know around mates and just classic you know pub conversation. Who do you think? Who would you choose to start your sort of uh, franchise with? Best young player, best or best any player. Who would you, not even best young player? Who would you start your franchise with? So there's a lot, obviously there's a lot of variables that come to that. Devin Booker, maybe. Yeah, I'd say Devin Booker. Just because he's so unstoppable. Yeah. And, like, he's got everything. You know, like, he's he's dressed well. He's a good-looking guy. He seems to have a good relationship with a lot of those, the media, with a lot of the greats. feel like you'd, like, you could definitely build a good, a really good team around him. You put some three-point shooters and some defenders around him. Yeah. That get the job done. But He's got that Kobe Bryant sort of uh, mentality. I think. Yeah. He's got... He's, Really cut from the same cloth. As He's him. a beast, but I mean, maybe this modern era of having super teams where you want players who can play with other stars who don't need the ball, so they don't diminish value. Yeah, I guess that's another dimension. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's why I say start the franchise because, like, obviously, best young player, like you just it's pretty um, one dimensional, you know. In regards yeah. to that, but in regards to starting a franchise, there's so many elements you got to think of, like maybe popularity or like how you're going to fit in the team, how other players view them, and that's why like. For me, I would pick someone who's sort of freakish and that you can never like really find again. And Porzingis? I think that's Porzingis. Porzingis, yeah. I think Porzingis at seven three shooting. He's literally a bigger Dirk Nowitzki that has more athleticism, better defender. Yeah. And like he is, he is a freak player. And he's like, got the brand too. He's got the brand. I mean, he's got the whole Latvian country behind him. Yeah, he's got the whole like yeah. And like um, all of New York, obviously the market's insane there, but. Yeah, he's a really good player. And I think his game, his game is like he doesn't need to dominate the ball as much as you would really think. He doesn't know. Like you could have like another star sitting next to him. Obviously, you know, you people make the argument that Carmelo was next to him, but we see what Carmelo's done to OKC, and I don't think Kristaps was a problem anymore. <laughs> yeah, we don't even know. Maybe Phil Jackson wasn't even wasn't even the problem in New York. Who knows? But let's not get into that exactly. But what we do know is like Kristaps is. A beast, he's freakish, and you're not just gonna find those people walking around. Yeah, like I, the it, unicorn. That's why they call him that. He's a unicorn, but yeah, that's why I, I think Chris are posing because over Devin Booker because like there is just I guess by sh- just or Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, but Zing's better, I think. Zing, yeah, Zingus is better. Zing, Zinger. Maybe yeah. that should be his nickname, the Zinger, Zingerburger, the Zingerburger, the Zingerburger. Do you reckon they have Zingerburgers in America? I don't know. If you do, just comment down if below. They, if they don't, they're missing out. Yeah. Um, not that I <laughs> eat burgers. I just have the, the strips. Oh, they're so good. The, oh, the like the tenders. Yeah. yeah they make you feel so dry and sweaty afterwards, though. I don't know. That's, 
No, I just feel satisfied. You just need to have, I just a, sh- need to have a shower. You feel so dirty. <laughs> this KFC tagline. <laughs> when you eat KFC, you got to take a shower. Yeah, it's good though. <laughs> um, but yeah. Who else would you be thinking? I mean... Uh, a point guard would have to be in there. I think Ben Simmons, you'd have to consider oh, Ben yeah. Simmons instantly. Yeah, actually. Obviously, the biggest problem with him is he has no jump shot. And I think, as of recently, when we're recording, it's about, you know, uh, halfway through December. But yeah, when we're recording this, Ben Simmons hasn't really done much with his jump shot. And I think people are sort of nullifying his weaknesses. Like, think about it, the past couple of games, he's only averaged, like, less, just over, you know, I think under 15 points, I think. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, that's still good. Like, but he scores as a byproduct of all his other great good traits. Like, he's not like a scorer kind of thing. Nah, yeah. He's, he's, he's a really good player, though. So, like, people say he's the next Magic Johnson, so I think he has a lot of potential as well. Anyone else? Kyrie would, Kyrie would have to be up there because he has... He has the brand. He, everyone Kyrie's knows still Kyrie. Young. Yeah, I forgot. Kyrie's 24, actually, 25. Yeah, he's still young. Oh, wait. Yeah, we're going that. I think maybe Anthony Davis. Anthony oh, I don't Davis know. is younger than. He's like 22, 24. Yeah, but oh, you some crutches come with him. Dude, them. I just forgot who we. Think about who we just forgot. Think about it. Someone big, I'm sure. Really big. Giannis. Oh, yeah, we damn. Forgot, we forgot about Giannis. Giannis. We just like. It's because he's. Yeah. Giannis, Giannis, definitely. Giannis, I think, you know. Yeah, no, I think I'm going to go back on Kristaps. I think I'm going to go Giannis. Oh. I completely forgot about the Greek freak. Yeah. The Greek freak. That's very <laughs> organized of us. Yeah, he's a beast. <laughs> like, and again, he doesn't even have a jump shot yet. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. I think it's probably up there him, uh, Zingas, and Ben Simmons. But I really do like the Booker pick. I think he's going to be really special. Because he's, he's so young and he's I just turned 21. He's going to be really special. They're like, some when you watch him play, some of the shots he makes against the Sixers, and he just couldn't miss. But yeah, yeah. What yeah. about? Do you have anything else on that? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of more. Obviously, MB's in the conversation as well, but yeah, you're I think gonna, I think gonna he, have to have healthcare. Exactly. Yeah, you, know, you, you got to have like some doctor on him, like twenty four seven. He's he's a really good player as well, and like he's got that all round game. He can shoot, you know, inside and outside, rebounding, block. He, he can assist the ball really well. Good pass in the post. But, you know, the biggest question with Embiid is, like, we didn't even know he existed for two to three years. Yeah. So, like, you know what I mean? We didn't even know if he could play. Also, I forgot about Kawhi, but I don't know how. He's about 26. Yeah, Kawhi, Kawhi is sort of, like, on the older side. I'm thinking, I think when you talk about, like, like young players, I think about yeah. under, 20, under 25, 24. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Again, I what I was about to say earlier is I saw recently in Seattle they passed like a six hundred million dollar like movement to redo or build a stadium. I think they're redoing like one of their older stadiums. Six hundred yeah. million dollars and the purpose outlined in the movement, the bill, I don't know what it technically was, but it um outlined in it was that it was for the purposes of getting it ready for an NHL and an NBA team to be ready-made for them to move there. Oh, wow. So it's like not even just building one, they're building one for that specific purpose. So you have to think something's going on. There, there must be something. Dude, Seattle's such a beautiful place as well. Like I, I have friends that have been there and I say it's amazing. Obviously, you know, people say like the downside is the weather, but if you've, ever been to go, if you've ever been to San Francisco, it's much a similar feel. But yeah, Seattle really deserves one, man. Dude, Seattle Supersonics was like the team. 
it was such a good team back in the heyday when they had Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. That was yeah. good. And then they had Ray Allen at one point. They had a really, really solid team. And I think, you know, I think they really deserve another team um, back in Seattle. Because they do have the... Um, they had the so- they had the soccer team, the Seattle Sounders, which Clint Dempsey uh, played for, but I think they really need like a marquee sort of uh, sport. Actually, wait, what am I talking about? They have a uh, Seattle Seahawks as well. Yeah, exactly, and they're yeah. doing good. Yeah, they got the. They have a following, loudest stadium what in is the, the 13th, NFL. What's the thirteenth man? What's the what's the nickname of the crowd? I think it's twelfth man. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say twelfth man as well. Yeah, twelfth man. They have a really good crowd as well, and like they got that marquee guy Russell Wilson. But yeah, well, I mean if. The Thunder moved back there. I See, think. I don't think they'll move back because of the owner. What about the owner? He bought Seattle and then he just took them to OKC. Oh, he, so he, he wanted them He to... wanted them in OKC. He took yeah. them on purpose to go to OKC. That's why everyone in Seattle hates them. He's just like, you bought the franchise just to make sure, just to move them to OKC. Oh, so it wasn't even like, should we move? It was it, like, it was, I, it... I'm an Oklahoma fan. I want it Yeah, in basically. Yeah, pretty, that's pretty much what he did. Oh, that's a pretty baller move though. I'm going to go, that's a big baller. That's, pretty, that's, that's a big baller. You know, and it's worked out for him. Like, Yeah, but like, I don't know what the sort of economics. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah. But yeah, well, if they're going to bring a Seattle team back, who do you think is going to drop out there? Who's going to move? Well, David Stern said they were actually looking at expanding the league in 2022. So really? they could just add another team in. But so they had, to, they had to add two teams, though. Probably. One from, one from the East and one from the West. Although Logically. we've had in Australia, we've had just adding one team in. Kind of throws the schedule off, but they yeah. they make it work. But, but yeah, but I feel like the NBA just because it like has East and West divided. Yeah. You can't have one side that has, what, 17 teams. Oh, no, 16 teams, and one side that has 15 teams. I don't think yeah. that. And then it would just cause complications with the draft and all that stuff. It would just be a bit weird. Adding two teams in could... It could definitely work. The league's getting bigger. and It has the fan base to absorb it. They do, yeah. But do they have the talent, though? That's the thing. Because there's already a lot of bottom feeder teams. If you, Especially if you're going to create like a development draft, which they would have to do to get the two teams in, those two teams are going to suck for a while. Yeah, but... They were going to suck for a while. We saw that with uh, when the when the Memphis Grizzlies came in. They sucked for a while when they changed from Vancouver to Memphis. Still suck right now. Yeah, I know. Uh but we won't talk about that. Um, who else sucked for a while? Uh, Miami Heat sucked for a while when they were introduced. I don't know. Like in the AFL in Australia, like the Greater Western Sydney Giants just balled out like a year after they got introduced. It's all about... It's all about... You have to get the, luck in the draft. Yeah, it's all about how the draft goes. Like, you have to get luck in the draft because when Orlando came in, they got luck in the draft when they got Shaq. Mm. And he, he ultimately changed... They got Shaq and Penny... And then when they left, they got Dwight. Like they a, got Dwight. A while after. Yeah, exactly. They so kind like, of they kept got, the they got, Yeah, they got lucky in the draft. So, I think with those teams, you, yeah. But I really think a Seattle team should come back. Hopefully, they're the Supersonics, but I don't know if they can get the naming rights. Why would it, Why not? Because I think the OKC organization owns the naming oh, rights. If that guy doesn't give up those naming rights, he is a bad Cause, man. Because that was the problem with the Charlotte... Uh, Charlotte Hornets before they were the Hornets, you know, they were the Bobcats. Did Jordan buy them? And then the new, and then the New Orleans uh, Pelicans were the Hornets before, because they oh, okay, they, yeah. they moved and then they got another team in Charlotte, so they had to get the naming rights off New Orleans, and that's why New Orleans had to change. So that's what they would have to do in um, for Seattle. Damn. And knowing the owner, sounds apparently the big D bag, and he's cheap. Really? He's cheap. Yeah. That's why do you think James Harden left? He didn't want to pay the luxury tax. Pay luxury tax, yeah. How insane is that? And he didn't want to sign. A, he, the team could have had the OKC team could have had three MVPs on their team. 
I think if it had logically three MVPs in the one team, that's better than Golden State. They had a better team than Golden State at one point. So that's the thing. Like, do you reckon these owners do like a sort of a cost benefit analysis, or do you think they just go like? Because if they had those three MVPs, they could have won a championship, and that would be even bigger. Yeah, uh, it's. I think a lot of owners, especially a, a lot of owners, are cheap. I think a lot of owners. that's what they. That was a big thing about Donald Sterling, the um, the Clippers owner before he got uh, axed or forced to sell. I think he had a few other issues. Yeah, though. he had other issues. You know? But what was he? Just, he was just too cheap. He didn't want to. He didn't invest into the actual stadium or the production or anything. He didn't like. Like the why entertainment do, and stuff. Why would you buy an asset like that and just think it's going to make... Could he, like, could he bought it ages ago, like in the 70s? Oh God. Think about it. He bought the, I think he bought it in the 70s. Like, yeah, 75 or something. It was like, it was like the Buffalo or something. And then he then he moved it to LA. And then they sucked for like 50 years or whatever, 40 years. Still suck now. Yeah, they suck. They suck. <laughs> they really suck bad. bad. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, I don't know. I hope Seattle has a, a team, though. <laughs> Across the road, though, for LA, I still don't know. Do you reckon Clarkson and Randall, do you think they're going to get traded? Uh, I think Clarkson's still on contract, so I think they have they have more sort of flexibility with him if they want to keep him or not. Makes him a more valuable trade. Exactly, though. and he, he plays really well. He's a good six-man. The problem is, like, do teams think he's a starting-caliber player? Do you think Clarkson's a starting-caliber point guard slash shooting guard? And I don't think he is. I think he's a strictly six-man guy. But he's a good six-man. Yeah. So, but if you're a team, are you going to be training just for a six-man when you can easily just buy someone like a Lou Williams or someone like that, a Jamal Crawford from the free agency? Like, why would you need to trade for just a six-man? Yeah, I guess when you think about six-men, you think about all the good teams in the NBA, which of them have six men that come on and just kind of a dynamite scorers and nothing else? Yeah. None of them. I mean, Eric Gordon, maybe. But he's but kind he, of... But he's sort of like transcended. He's yeah, of, and he's, he's like a three-point shooter he's, as well. He's basically a starter that's, that's on the bench. Yeah. He's realistically like a starting shooting guy, but he's on the bench. Yeah, and like he's so good at three-point shooting, he doesn't need the ball as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clarkson, he's, he's a very ball-dominant player. Yeah, he's more two-point that's what, that's what point. I don't. That's why they don't like playing him with Lonzo, because Lonzo just stands out to dry while Clarkson just tries to break down the defense. Yeah. But yeah, but I guess uh, on the other side, Randall. Randall's a really interesting case because I don't think, I don't think uh, the Lakers are going to throw any money at him. He's a restricted free agent, obviously, so they can match any offer. But they want the cash. But in it, hand. it depends how much Randall's really going to get out there in the market. Like, how much do you think Randall's going to get? Like, not, not a lot. Not a lot, exactly. And like, he's like a good player, but he's like one of those players with the restricted market. It's like a Draymond. Draymond's not going to fetch huge bucks on the open market. I think he will. You I think, think? I think Draymond. If Draymond was a free agent, I think someone would throw a lot of money at him. Okay, but he's not Draymond. He's similar, like, style of player. Honestly, so he has he, to overcome that same challenge, but like, he's he not could, the quality. He could be, though. He could be. He has the tools and the assets to just... He's just a bit of a bonehead sometimes. He makes some really dumb decisions. You think? Really? Dude, there was like... They, could, they, they, nick him, they nicknamed him, like, the bull in the china shop. Like it's so fragile. He like he just like he's just so aggressive in such a fragile situation. Like he just tries to bully his way in, and that's why he gets so many offensive fouls and stuff. Because he's not he doesn't know how to control his body. He can ball though. He's really good. He's really he's, he's, he was good against the Sixers when they played. Yeah, he did really good like off the bench. 
but I don't know if he's, if he's a starting quality. Like, again, I don't know if he's a starting quality sort of power forward. All the games Especially, where they take it to a better team, he's a big part of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But he can't shoot threes. Uh, like he, he's, he's getting better. He, that's the thing. He, I don't know what Randall's going to be. I don't know what Randall's really going to be. Yeah. So, depending on what the Lakers... Like, if the Lakers can get something good for him, like... Would you do you think it, okay? Let's say OKC is still playing bad. Let's say they're still under five hundred. Do you think they'll trade Paul George, knowing that he's gonna leave because he's not gonna come back to OKC if they suck? If you're the Lakers, I don't see why you would give stuff up for him unless you can uh, help your salary situation and do a sign and trade and like help your situation. And I think make it a more efficient transaction for when you eventually do sign Paul George. I don't see the benefit in giving up anything for a guy you're gonna get in all likelihood anyway. If he's willing to be traded to you and to then he's probably I don't think that makes a difference. Like he's either gonna want to stay with you long term, whether he gets traded to you now or not. And if he wants to stay with you long term, then you can do a trade. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not true. making any but sense. But but then again like if you get him now you already guarantee him and then that's already an incentive for other players to come. Could they go like well they already have Paul George. Yeah. They already have Brandon Ingrid, they already have Lonzo Book Lopez is going to get off the books. That's KCP, going to be a good team. KCP is going to get off the books, and they're going to still have enough room to get another max guy, like a LBJ or they're not going to get LeBron. I or, don't think, or like a Demarcus Cousins. Like they just have like a they have a lot of room. Yeah, and, that'll be a good team. Yeah, I don't know if they can and they'll have Kuzma off the bench as well. Kuzma, they'll still have. I think that they'll still have Larry Nance. I think they're going to keep Larry Nance. Clarkson, obviously, I don't know. He could. They might trade him as well. They'd have to move him, I think. But yeah, they have a lot of. Uh, yeah, a lot of options there with Clarkson and Randall. Two really solid players that are contributing well. But like, again, like if you listen to the last podcast, which I would recommend, we kept talking about that dead that area that like that space between being really bad and really, like super good. And that's what Clarkson and Randall. They like. personify that. They personify that. They're not like superstars, but they're not bust. They're, they're good just, enough to that you have to pay them. They're good. They're, they're like sixth and seventh best players. Yeah, on your, on your team, on a really good team, I mean. So yeah, that's like they really personify that area, like no man's land, as just a sort of actual play in the NBA. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, think can you think about any teams that would want Randall? Uh, Randall. What was that? Was that your phone? Yeah, no, dude. Siri just went off out of nowhere. <laughs> Siri just goes like, "Do I need anything for you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no, nah, dude. Go away, you creep." Yeah, I reckon, dude. You know, going off topic, I feel like serious like these these voice recognition stuff. I think I think they're recording our voices. I think that's what they're doing, like on some conspiracy stuff. Think about it. What's the what? Like, the, you know, Siri, no, we had a Google, good thing. Siri, Google Assistant. Think about it. Why do you think they do that? What do you What do you think? So they're trying to get more information so that they can create androids that sound human like. I'm pretty sure it's illegal to record something. Like it's illegal to. Uh, How do you know? I'm pretty sure it's a, you're not allowed to record or um, do video or you're not allowed to, I think, show or use recordings or tape to people unless they know they're being recorded. But how do you know we're not? There's some protection. But how do you know we are? How do you know that we haven't obliged you when we say accept on the terms and conditions? I don't know. Actually, I have no idea about the law in that regard. But exactly. I'm pretty certain sh- secretly recording your customers is in some way illegal. I would hope so, but like that's like the, the dude. That's what the big thing that everyone talks about. You know what's the um, 
Oh, what's that? What's that? They have Hold the Google Assistant. So let me. Is your your theory is that they're recording us? So it's like they're getting information on how like different tonal. So it's like instead of us liking a page on Facebook, they can just straight up like hear us talking about what we like. Exactly, and then they, they can use it for advertising. So like, let's say I'm like my phone's not even on, and I talk about uh, playing pool. I bet. Oh, I really wish I had a pool table. Blah, blah blah. I don't search it at all. I guarantee you. I guarantee this is proven that in a couple of days on your ads. You get ads for pool tables, guaranteed. Without even without even typing in pool tables. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. Like, like your phone's right here; it's exposed. I guarantee, in the next two days, you will get like these ads on like your Facebook or something saying, "Oh, buy a secondhand pool table on on no Gumtree or something." I guarantee you that will happen. I've had. The, and I've they're had... reading your. They're they're listening to our conversations to get more information for data and for advertising. And trying to build Android. I think that's the biggest one. They're trying to build Android. I had an ad for leather Crocs come up when I was surfing the web on my phone. Yeah. No, not my phone. On a on a computer. I'd be on. I think it was a public computer at a library or something. And I'd been on there for like half an hour. Yeah. And ads for like leather Crocs were coming up. Were you searching? Were you talking about leather? No. Crocs? What the hell is the person on there before we looking like, at? I'm looking like that's what it sounds like your style, though, David. You're, you look like oh, a like, shut you look up. like a leather croc type of dude. Shut up. You look like a leather croc. Type Can you imagine of dude. how disgusting that would be wearing leather crocs? I like, get all sweaty and uh, like. That, oh. That's not an appealing thing. Unless you're wearing it with with socks, which is just <laughs> yeah, exactly. The style is too fire if that's the case. Exactly. So get, wait, what were we talking about before? Teams that would like. Oh yeah, yeah. We sort of got off contract because Siri interrupted the conversation. What about what about teams that you think would like Randall? Teams that would like, I think, surprisingly, probably like a Brooklyn Nets. Like I, I know it sounds like a dumping ground for just like young players, but Brooklyn Nets really just need to get whatever they can get to rebuild. And I think they they have someone aggressive like that. He's played with D'Lo before, so they already have sort of that connection. I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, Bulls maybe if you play him alongside Boy Markin, you can you can not spread good enough defensively. You can spread the floor and you can play yeah. on a small ball five. That's the thing. He's not like a power forward either. He's like a small ball center. Like the Lakers play him as a center with like Kuzma or Larry Nance at the four. So like he's not really like a bone, like a out and out power forward, but he's not an out and out center. The Jazz could use him. Uh, they already, I, sort of, they already think... had Derek Favors though, who sort of like oh yeah for that position. The Kings, they're young. He could go to the Kings. People did people did like before the draft compare him to uh, Zach Randolph. So yeah, exactly. He could get tutelage from him and like learn a better post game. So, mm. and they're both lefties, so that should mean something. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. They always compare like especially in Barkley, they always compare lefties to lefties. Yeah, well, it's similar. It's like I mean, Bagley's a lefty. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Is he or is he not? Oh, no, he is, he is, he is. I think he yeah, is. Yeah, you're right, you're right. We could be completely wrong, but no, he's a lefty. We're going to double down on it right here. <laughs> We're double downing on the lefty. But um, who else for Randall? I don't know. This is, it's weird, like, no NBA teams are really demanding anything in free agency at the moment besides the Lakers. Everyone they, everyone just wants another 3 and D player. Yeah, 3 and D, or they're looking for that superstar in the draft. Yeah. But they're not willing to pay, you know, big money. You know, I guess maybe maybe New York Knicks because he could play alongside Paul Zingas. I was just thinking like you need to have one of your, your either your center or your forward or your power forward has to be a stretch player. That to shoot the three. yeah. So he and because he can't shoot the three, that but well is he, is he a great good enough rebounder and rim protector? 
Well, I mean, he's pretty good. He's pretty good rebound. He's actually a very good rebound. I think. He defensively, though, he gets like ten rebounds a game off the bench, playing like twenty minutes. No, yeah, he's a good rebounder. Very aggressive, yeah. But yeah, I think you need to play him against like uh, play him alongside a sort of a stretch uh, shooter. Which Porzingis would cover. Porzingis, Markinen. Yeah. You know, players like that. Just any tall European. Just some tall European shooters. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Sada, do you think Markinen can be as good as Porzingis? Or no, nah, he's just not that good enough. I think he's different. Markinen's like a straight up like shooter. Yeah. He shoots. He's a three-point shooter in the body of a big man. Like He's a completely different animal. Yeah, he's more true. Kevin Love, if anything. Yeah, he does give me Kevin Love vibes. Like modern Kevin Love. A bigger Kevin Love, yeah. He could be better though, because he's just, I think he's a, could be a better three point shooter. Yeah. And he's probably a better rebounder. He's, he's a, taller, isn't he? I think he's like seven foot at least, or maybe yeah, seven one. He's big. He's a big dude. But that, yeah, I think Markin's going to be pretty decent. They got a good team with uh, Levine coming back. Chris Dunn's actually, he's so much better this year than. When he was kind of trapped in that sort of role. He's playing okay, but he's not playing up to what he should be. He was a top five pick. Yeah, but in his second season, getting sort of averaging like 18 and sort of six. Sort he's of, actually 18 points. Well, he's probably, since he's come back and gotten to that starting role, he's probably been around like 15 and, and seven around no, that's, that. That's pretty good. And he's a good that's defender. His yeah. defense is what he's known for. But he's old. He's like 24. He's like 23, dude. 24. I think he's 24, which is, that's an old for a second year player. Think, yeah. about, think about who's 24, Kyrie Irving. He's as old as Kyrie Irving. Is he? Let's see. He is, oh my goodness, Google, give us an age. Dude, I hate when Google's like just doesn't give you any information. He's 23, all right? So, but, Turn but, but, 23 but, but, yeah, in yeah, March. But by the end of the season, he'll be 24. So he'll be 24 by this season. So Yeah, that's a good point. But he's still, it's still young. It's not like he's a veteran player. It's not like he's middle-aged for the NBA. He's oh, creeping up there, Yeah, though. I was going to say, like, he's pretty close to middle-aged for the NBA. He's creeping up there. And he is playing, like, he is playing for the ball, so how much really substance is there to his stats? What can we really say? Well, they're winning some games. Bro, I would be winning games. Also, I would be scoring points if I was in the Bulls. Well, that's exactly the argument people are making about Austin Rivers right now. He's playing he's, really well, but their team still sucks. Yeah, but he's getting all that opportunity. He, they're just feeding him because he's their best offensive option uh, yeah. right now. I, remember, I, I like how you say, like, oh, yeah, Lonzo Ball got the coach's son opportunity. Austin Rivers literally has. Literally got the coach's son opportunity. That is oh. the definition of coach's son opportunity. My God. Why would you want to play for your dad's team? Apparently, he even got offered more money somewhere else. He said this like uh, on like some show or something. Yeah, he, he'll say that. He said he got he said like he got offered more money somewhere else, but he said he he was um saying that there was like more momentum and he was feeling more positive at the Clippers. I wonder why, because your dad was giving you flipping opportunities. Yeah, but I don't know that team's because you can't be neutral. You can't look at your son and be like, oh, I just see him as a just another player. Like, yeah, exactly. Darren Lehman, the Australian cricket coach, like. Uh, people were talking about how his son was playing quite well and um, how his, I think his son was batting in like the middle of a shoot at Sheffield Shield game. Yeah. And like they were saying like, oh, what are you thinking? Like, are you thinking as a selector? And he's like, no, I'm just nervous because my son's in the 90s. I yeah. want my son to get to 100. That's yeah. all I care about exactly, right now. Yeah. Like, do you want him to do better than like 
your the other Australian players playing in the game because they need to practice for a warm up. Yeah. No, I don't want them to do better. I want my son to do better. Like exactly. I don't know if he said that, but that's how you'd be thinking. Yeah, yeah. Just as just as a dad. Yeah, but I know he was like, yeah, I'm nervous. My son's playing. That's how you feel. So I don't think like uh, Doc Rivers would be too different. Like I'm sure he just wants his son to succeed. Yeah, but I don't know. I just feel like it's such a weird, especially in professional um, situation. It's just weird to play for your dad. Yeah, it's weird. And it's just like, and especially how that's how everyone identifies him as. It's not like he's such a good player that he over he over succeeds the sort of that barrier. He, everyone just looks at him and he goes like, you play because of your dad. Even though he has very good skills. He's a very good player. Yeah. Mate, he's like a solid sort of... Uh, he's sort of like what Clarkson could be. Going back to Clarkson. He's sort of like what Clarkson could be. Austin Rivers sort Wait, of Wait, you play. think Rivers is better than Clarkson right now? Uh, Well, yeah, I think so. I think Rivers is better than Clarkson. I don't know. Clarkson's pretty good. See, but the thing is like... Clarkson looks good as a bench player. Yeah, seen, Rivers has seen, been a bench player. Yeah, but he's starting and he's looking good. You know what I mean? If honestly, if if Clarkson starts and he plays well, then I'll give him some. Like, but more that credit. was my point. He's starting and he's getting all this opportunity because they're losing. Of course, he's going to look good, have a, ni- a few nice buckets. That is true because like he's getting the ball all the time. It's yeah. why if you have a usage rate higher than anyone else, you're probably going to have more points. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. But what I do like about Austin Rivers is like he has some really good fashion sense. Have you seen his Instagram? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. He's actually got a solid Instagram. He does. I mean, like, do you reckon though? You know how those players dress up for every game? Yeah, like they're always in like nice tailored suits or like. Where do they have the time to get it ready? Ready? Do they have to plan in the preseason like every out? Like, yeah, I'm gonna do my 82 outfits for the season. How do you reckon it works? Honestly, I think most of them have a stylist who just delivers it to has I, their measurements. And yeah, their, yeah, I think like they know sort of yeah, like you said, their measurements and sort of like what they like. And I think the stylist just goes like, yeah, this is you gonna you want to wear this or I think that's what most of the could really they don't have time to go to stores. Maybe no. they do. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. But then again, when you're like in random cities like Charlotte and Oklahoma, you don't know where to shop. Yeah, so you gotta be bringing clothes from somewhere. And yeah, I think most of it's stylists. Because it's part of the job. Like, if they have a national TV game, yeah. you've got to be, like... You can't just look good. You have to look like a real baller. You have to look like you've got some expensive stuff on you. Yeah, exactly. You can't just be, like, walking in uh, sweats and a T-shirt or something. you got to no. you, you, you flex. you got to do a one-two flex. Get those Gucci slippers on. Well, because people are going to see you on TV. That's, like, the one time they're going to exactly. see you when you're not on a court. You want them to, like... Yeah be kind of in awe of you exactly but it is weird because sometimes they wear like way too much you're like chill but you like you got a game no one literally saw you. you've been in your car driving to the game or you've been on the team bus but that's that the weird. whole point that, that is, like, you do see them on like those instagram things for those extreme that's outfits true. that's pretty weird though like imagine if you go on the team bus and it's just like a bunch of those people like, yeah. full on <laughs> decked out in like high fashion gear but they're going to play M- like an nba just game. just like trying to fit your like um your mm. big jumper. Yeah, imagine like like, so, like a seven foot. Like, imagine like MB wearing like a coat or something, like a really like, nice coat. Don't want to get it scrunched up. Have like a coat hanger across one side of the bus. <laughs> exactly, that would be hilarious. What do you do? I think most of them have stylists, and like some of the stylists do really well. And I like there's a lot of good fashion sense in the NBA. But I yeah. think you sort of have to, I guess. You don't want to get you don't want to get roasted. I think most of it's just like fear of getting roasted. For being a bad dresser. Exactly, yeah. Like, if your pants are too short or, like, your shoes look too big, 
Well, there are guys they, like... They're savages. And they Russell just, Westbrook could wear anything and it would just be like a certain fashion. Dude, like wait, he could, did, did, did you see the one in the press conference where he's like a, basically wearing a t-shirt that's like been looked like it's been ripped off by a tiger? Yeah, exactly. And you're like, that's not even a t-shirt. It's just some fabric you have over your neck. He's He could like mess up and like shrink all his clothes in the wash, wear it and just be like, this, this exactly, is Exactly, yeah. Yeah, he's like one of like the more iconic guys. He's the fashionista. He is the fashion guy. Another big guy that's good at fashion is uh, Swaggy P. He has some good sense, Swaggy P. I'll search him now. I haven't seen him. Nick, Nick Young has some really good fashion. He's, like, he's sort of like, got like a nice classic sort of streetwear style. Yeah, it looks good here. Streetwear style. Like he, he's really up to, he's really up like on the trend. And have you seen like him on the court? He wears like really nice shoes on the actual court. He'll wear like old school Jordans, old school like just really old basketball shoes. I don't understand that. How do you, they wear like different shoes every night? Yeah. Like not even like, like for example, yeah, Kyrie we, Irving will wear different Kyrie fours or whatever they yeah, are. Yeah, they'll wear one, one pair of shoes a night. But they'll, yeah, and they'll wear different colors. But like, some players like Lance Stevenson you see on Instagram, he's wearing different like brands. He's wearing Nike, then Jordan, and different types yeah, he's, of shoes. Yeah, he's, every doing, night. he's doing Alonzo Ball in the summer league. But it's like, isn't that bad for your feet? Wearing a different you're because when you're playing basketball, it's a lot of movement on your body and, like, and your kinetic and change. Just, just like for a normal person, I, I'm pretty sure you've experienced as well. When you wear a shoe for the first time, it doesn't break in yeah, automatically. It's... So like these people have to break in eighty two shoes. That being said, they do have a lot of practice games and a lot of warm-ups and stuff, so maybe that breaks in. But I'm pretty sure NBA players actually have practice shoes as well. Like They have dedicated practice shoes. That are, like, more durable. Yeah, they, like, they just keep in the locker room or something at the practice facility, and then they come in and they just have, like, a new like, new pair of shoes or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's... Like, Surely I... it's okay because everyone does it, but... Yeah, it must, yeah, it must be okay, yeah. Or do you think a lot of them, they, like, they get, like, a special insole made? And they just switch that out. I think most of the shoes that like sort of consumers get are the ones that the players get. I think the yeah. players obviously probably have like some extra technology or like extra benefits that they get. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like it, it's pretty. It would be pretty weird that like poor George, like his shoe that that costs like a hundred and something dollars. The shoe that he wears, you would yeah. think that his shoe is probably worth more than a hundred dollars that he wears on court just because it's Paul George. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's like very you true. think like Nike goes like, oh, okay, this is the, like what Paul George actually wears, and this is what we're gonna give to consumers. Yeah, well, it's weird though. Like you talk about players like Paul George have signature shoes. Yeah, other players wear shoes that are called the PG ones or like the Dame fours. Yeah, I know in like a lot of sports, if you get like a cricket bat, say, and that has like. You know, like the Shane Watson edition cricket bat or whatever. You don't take that Shane Watson sticker off that bat. You're playing adult cricket, you get roasted. (laughs) So, like, it's see if you're wearing, if you're using another player's like gear, that's seen as like not cool. Yeah. Like in the NBA, it's totally different. Like, players will rock like PG ones. Yeah. I I, I think I'd have a problem with that. Yeah. I remember like someone was versing against Kobe Bryant and he was like wearing Kobe Bryant's shoes or something. And he's like, dude. And he's like, yeah, well, and I think it was like on the court, it was like trash talk or something. It's like, yeah, you're trying to be like Kobe. You can't be like Kobe with those shoes. It's like, or dude, something. I'm so much better than you. You're literally wearing my shoe. Exactly. Like, yeah. I just don't like. That's kind of weird. What, what other options do you have though? Yeah, I'm just like surprised. A lot of players are so cool with it. Yeah, it is surprising. It's like everyone wears like LeBron James's shoe, and he yeah. has two lines of shoes. He has a regular LeBron, and then he has a soldier. But that's okay. Like, I mean, like LeBron or Kobe. But if you're like. 
if you're a point guard, if you're like Mike Conley yeah. or like John Wall and you get asked to wear the Kyrie's, that's weird. Like, that is weird. Because John Wall's arguably better than Kyrie. Like, yeah. it's that's when I think it's weird. Like, I think I'm surprised more players don't have a problem with it. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, but it must just be the culture, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they don't have a choice. Yeah. I guess some people are just meaner <laughs> in other sports. Because in a lot of other sports, you'd have that problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Shane Watson edition cricket Shane Watson. Yeah. Days. You been up to anything else recently? Uh, I don't know. I've been just like, just watching, I guess, a lot of different TV shows and stuff. Like what? I've been watching, have you seen F is for Family? The Bill no. Burr, dude, it's a Bill Burr cartoon on Netflix. Have you haven't you heard of it? Uh, I haven't watched it, but I've, I've it's a, heard it's of so it. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's basically Family Guy, but like more raunchier. It's really good. Oh, really? And Bill Burr's like legit. The his character is like what you would expect Bill Burr would be as a character. Bill Burr. So it's just it's, a cartoon of Bill Burr. It's basically Bill Burr's like it's like a basically a family, and Bill Burr's like the dad, and it's just sort of like it's literally like sort of like Family Guy. But, like, it's just really funny and it's based in, like, the, um, just post, like, World War, uh, post Vietnam War or something. Oh, really? It's really, really, really funny. He's well, hilarious, he's, though. He's, he's stand up. Stand up. <laughs> dude, uh, what's the joke about, um, remember, like, the joke about women or something? And he said, like, oh, if, you, if you're uh, being a wife or being a mother, no, being a mother, that's it. And he's saying, like, oh, it's, oh yeah. it's weird that people think mother. Uh, being a mother is the hardest job. If you have to wear pajamas to the workplace, <laughs> yeah. that shouldn't be classified as a job. <laughs> he's insensitive, but he does it so well. It's, yeah. it's uh, like kind of you can laugh at, it. and he's he's joking. He's open about. It. He's yeah, like, yeah. I'm just joking, guys. Chill. But like he, but he, but like the audience knows that there's some truth in it. So you, like, yeah, like, like the divorce one. Why yeah. does it all of a sudden cost fifty grand a month to give a kid's cocoa pops? Like <laughs> that yeah, one's yeah. good. And he he talks with such rage that, yeah. <laughs> that like. You just have to he just, appreciate he it. He just sounds like he's annoyed 24-7, the way he <laughs> talks. He's just like, he's annoyed at everything. He has a bone to pick with everyone. Exactly. It's so funny. He's thinking about Hillary, the Trump-Hillary campaign. Yeah. Where he's just like, if you're Hillary, you lost to a team and they threw six picks. You just kept somehow turning the ball back over. <laughs> like, how do you do that? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Oh, he's good. He's really, have you seen him on like the Conan O'Brien show? Yeah, he's fire he's ass. funny. When he was talking about, uh, it was like Oprah or something. It was like, oh, yeah. And it's just like, Oprah had midgets on his her TV show. No one talked about when Oprah had midgets on her TV show. And <laughs> Oprah was like, what the? I think, no, I think what he was saying was, he was like, he was talking about the Lance Armstrong interview. And he was oh, like, yeah. I don't understand why he, why Oprah can't get it into her head after being in the entertainment industry, how someone would break the rules to get ahead. Exactly. Like, it's such an easy concept. Yeah. And he's thinking about how Lance Armstrong never hurt him. All he did for him was raise millions of dollars yeah. for cancer. Well, logically, yeah, he he like what was it like that 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 lie that was a that was like a multi million dollar lie that he made for cancer for cancer. Like, everyone had the yellow. Everyone even like, I remember people at my school had the yellow wristband. Like, yeah, exactly. Live strong. Live strong. Exactly. So but yeah, Bill Burr is hilarious. What about you, man? What have you been watching? I watched a Tom, I watched a Joe Rogan special. That's yeah, really good. The latest one is it triggered or something? Triggered, I think. Oh, yeah. Have you seen the ending? The with the uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, when he just climbs up on the stool and he's like, "You'll be mine." Bruce. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, yeah, but he's hilarious as well. He's a genius. He's he's a legit genius. <laughs> 
I saw the Tom Segura one a while ago as well. Yeah. No, that's really good. He's one about abusing hotel rooms. Really? Like- just like, he says that like, you know, he'll leave a hotel room and just rub his nuts on like the curtains because <laughs> he knows people don't change them. <laughs> and he, he says it in this, he's just this real deadpan guy. He'll just say real deadpan stuff. That's kind of creepy, but the way he says it, he'll like that nutsack thing. He'll yeah. be like, dude, that's weird. And he'll somehow make it funny. Dude, that is good. That's when you know you're funny, when you can make weird sort of situations and stuff. It's just funny. It's like those actors who can make like anything interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was watching The Revenant. Like um, I have only half finished it. Like Tom Hardy. It, like, Tom Hardy's a beast actor. All he does is just grunt around and he's so good. He's such a good actor. When he was in um, Brosnan, I think it was a movie. What he acts as a prison, that's really good. Oh, really? What's a, that about? Uh, it's like I think it's like Pierce Brosnan. It's like about a, uh, a prison or something, like a really infamous prison in the UK. Oh, Bronson. Bronson, that's it. Yeah. Pierce Bronson. I don't think it's Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan is the James Bond actor. Is it? Yeah. I thought we got confused. Bro- uh, Bronson is. I swear he's like. I swear Bronson is an infamous like uh, British um, yeah, criminal or something. What's his name? Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson. What are you? Where did I get Pierce Brosnan? Where did it even come from? That's the James Bond actor, I'm pretty sure. Is it actually? Yes, he's an actor. He's like. Well, I don't. I haven't really watched James Bond that often, so I don't know how that came into my mind. What the hell's wrong with you? I literally don't know how Pierce Brosnan came into my mind. But yeah, have you? And then who? Tom Hardy in the Fighter. Have you watched that one? The Fighter. Is he in the Fighter? I thought that was Christian Bale. No, he's a he's a fighter. Tom Hardy. I thought that was Mark Wahlberg. Mark no, that's the other one you're talking about. See, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm just really bad. No, I swear Tom Hardy's in the fighter. The so fi- I guarantee you he's not. I'll get it Tom up Hart- now. The, the one that the one that Brian Callen's in. He's a commentator in the fighter. Uh, I can guarantee. I swear you he is. That it's Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale. Then what's the one I'm talking about? Well, I'll Google the fighter Brian Callen. If he doesn't come up, he'll come as the fighter and the kid. Oh my god! You know, yeah. as soon as you turn to that the was fighter, so bad. he's gonna come as Brian Callen. Okay, the point is, yeah, Tom Hardy's a beast. I mean, in uh, Batman, he's so good. He's really and good. Inception. Just oh, when like he's Bane. Yeah, there's another one. There's another. There's like a kid in um, the Revenant. He's like the you know the guy in the Millers with the weird eyebrows. Oh, the one that sings a song like yeah. "Don't Go yeah. Chasing He's in it. <laughs> Wait, do go do that. I want to hear this. Wait, I mean, that's like the best bit. We go "Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls." Is that when he gets to the rap? Yeah, and he goes do 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 Yeah, and everyone's just looking at him, going like, "You mad, man? You mad, bro?" Dude, that movie's weird as well. It's good, but like he's in that. He's in that Detroit film. About the Detroit riots, and he's in really? the Revenant. Like he's a beast. He seems to be in everything. I, I'm not gonna lie. I haven't seen him at all. But maybe I'm just not watching. The, <laughs> I'm, maybe I'm just not watching the right movies. Oh. But yeah, I heard the Revenant's good. I haven't watched it in full though. It's, it's weird. I have only seen half of it. DiCaprio is really good in it. He did win the Oscar. Yeah, he's he is good in it. He is good in it. He looks like he's gonna bust his eyeballs out of his head Jesus. at some point. DiCaprio is a god of an actor. Yeah, but he's like strapped there, like trying to heal, and like he sees something. I won't spoil it. Yeah. Literally, I was like worried, like that's not safe, dude. Your eye is gonna go yeah. out of your head. Jesus, yeah, is it? That must be a good movie. Where everything about it's really well done. Like I think it won Oscars for like cinematography and yeah, 
uh, basically everything did, writing did, did sound. Did you see DiCaprio's speech though for the when he won the Oscar for the Revenant for Best Actor? No. He just he pretty much just talked about like uh, the environment the whole time. It's pretty. It was pretty. Uh, well, it's fitting. It's the environment's a big aspect of the Revenant. Yeah, he literally he literally said like the Revenant. I think oh, what's the line? Like the Revenant is a, a depiction of life's uh, of man's relationship with nature, and then he starts talking about global warming and stuff. And everyone's like, bro, why aren't you talking about yourself? Be selfish for once. <laughs> well, yeah, he's probably a good bloke. Apparently, yeah. he's like, apparently he plays basketball with like in um, New York. He's like him and Tobey Maguire like play together. Yeah. yeah, they're like best friends, aren't they? But like in that in the Revenant, it's crazy. Like the bear attack. Oh, it's yeah, I've savage. I've actually seen that scene. Yeah, crazy. What I don't know why the bear keeps getting on top of him. Like I don't know why it doesn't just bite his head off. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird because the bear like will like. KO him, he'll be crawling, then the bear will come back, finish him off, then it'll leave, do come think, back. Do you think it's actually realistic? Like, do you think that's what, that would, that's what would happen if you were like just stuck in like a forest like that? If that would a bear attack yeah. you? Well, probably, like, that movie looks pretty realistic. I yeah. think that, isn't it based off a real thing? I think there's, it's, it's like underlined by like some true story, I, I'm guessing. I'm sh- but I'm sure like bears attack you like that. Yeah. But, um, and the way he kills the bear is quite realistic as well. Like, yeah. He just kind of gets a knife out and stabs it in the neck until <laughs> then they kind of fall over and it kind of like hits and it ends up like lying on top of him. Yeah. Don't know how it did squish him to death. Oh, but wow. He basically dies. Yeah. Don't know. I've got to give that a better watch. Oh, that reminds me. Kawhi Leonard's coming back. Was Five that, days, that, I think, he's going to be back. Was that a nice segue you just did there, David? No, just my uh, inability to concentrate. Yeah. Um, Kawhi, but yeah. <laughs> no, Kawhi's coming back. Yeah. Pop says he's ready. He's been playing five on five. Let's be, no, let's be honest. He's been ready since the beginning of the season. That's my theory. And that they just haven't played him because it's not worth risking him. I think. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like he's probably like at 75% at the start of the season where it's like you could play him, you know, play him limited minutes and he could play. And then as the season progresses, it was probably like 100% a couple of weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago. Yeah, I think a lesser organization would have had him playing much yeah, like basically, already. Yeah. If he wasn't in the, at the Spurs, he would I, already be playing. Because you know Pop's like, he got injured in the playoffs last year. I'm going to 100% make sure he does he not get injured. He got injured twice as well in the playoffs. Yeah, and almost came back and helped him until Zaza. He got Zaza. Yeah, got Zazard. Far <laughs> out, that guy's dirty. Yeah. But yeah, like, how do you see LaMarcus Aldridge's role changing? Because uh, he's finally the man for five more days. The thing is, like, I feel like Kawhi Leonard is someone that adjusts really well. Think about, like, think about his whole career. He's adjusted perfectly. First, he's, he's when he came into the league, he was like a role player and he played his role really well. Then he became a starter on a championship team and he knew his contribution. And then as it progressed, the the role that Pop wanted him to play, he lived up to it. And I feel like it depends what Pop wants him to do. If Pop says we need you to be the bona fide, you know, man scorer, and we need you to do basically everything on the team, then obviously I think for like Lamarcus Aldridge's—that's what we say, Aldridge's—sort um, of potential is going to be diminished. But I feel like Kawhi Leonard is really good at adjusting, so I think he would be able to play sort of with Lamarcus Aldridge better than he really did in the last couple of years. Yo, yeah, well, I think if you ask Kawhi, can you take a bit? more of a backseat so we can make the most out of so we can get the highest net production out of you and yeah. Marcus. 
he'd happily say yes. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if Lamarcus would happily say yes. I think he'd begrudgingly say yes. That's what it seems to be the story. Well, that's what happened last year. Yeah, he's, so, he's sort of like, oh, I ha- I'll be the second man. Yeah, okay. because, I mean, Kawhi is just... Kawhi was like the third best player in the league last year. Yeah, he was, he was third for both. Third MVP. in MVP. And, and everyone had him as a favourite for MVP before and he got injured. And you talk about, out of him, Harden and Westbrook, he's probably the best player out of those three. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think he'll happily make the change. And then now with him coming back into the lineup, all of a sudden they're back on for championship yeah. uh, con- uh, contention. Yeah. And I mean, one thing I want to say about Kawhi is well, like his game doesn't hinge on offense either. Exactly. It's not like his whole game is predicated to him playing well offensively. He can impact the game as much, if not even greater, on the defense. Again, exactly. So. so before you even worry about offensive sort exactly. of splits and production, yeah, yeah, your yeah. defense gets automatically better. Exactly. So they can just shut down the other team's best player. Yeah. Um, Do you think that's enough to beat the Rockets? Or the, not even the Warriors. Or oh, the Warriors. I think that the, the thing is like Spurs basketball is such a unique form of basketball. It's a lot of movement. It's a lot of unselfish play. And it's about trying to get everyone involved and that everyone knows their role. It's very sort of like systematical and structural in that sort of sense. It's not like, um, you know, as sort of, it's not like the seven seconds or less sort of offense that Houston plays. Yeah. And the pro- I think the thing that San Antonio does well, and I think it must be a Popovich thing, obviously, is that they know how to control the pace really, really well. So, like, so against someone like the Rockets who shoot threes and layups only and, you know, consistently trying to shoot um, the ball under, like, 15 seconds or whatever, I feel like they'll be able to control the pace and sort of dictate the flow of the game. I feel like that's how San Antonio plays. And... I feel like they're able to exploit people's weaknesses as well as a whole team, San Antonio. And we saw that when they versed James Harden in the playoffs. They, yeah. They just they, they, they destroyed him. They literally <laughs> destroyed James Harden. Like, well, they, till, they still took it to six games, didn't they? Uh, seven, maybe. Seven, I yeah. It might be seven. I'm not sure. But, yeah. but they didn't have Kawhi for like half of it. Yeah, a lot of the games they didn't have Kawhi. And then obviously, basically when Manu Ginobili blocked James Harden from behind, remember when it was like... Yeah. It was like they, they needed a three to win. <laughs> it basically just ruined James Harden. Yeah. But, oh my god, that was awesome when he did that. All those memes were amazing. Block yeah. this user. <laughs> it was so especially because like out of all people in Marty Ginobili, like the oldest, most the oldest dude you'll ever see, and he's just like barely about to get the ball, and he just gets it. He still got moves. He's still really good. He's the original James Harden, realistically. The original. He, cre- uh, he created the Eurostep. Yeah, well, he is European. Is that why they called it that? Yeah, they could. The European place did it. That's <laughs> why they called it the Eurostep. But James, I feel like James Harden often travels when he does it. It looks really good, though. James Harden, yeah, he's him he, and LeBron travel a lot. Honestly, a lot of players in the NBA travel a lot. If you watch, yeah, it's like it, they just do a lot of shuffling of the feet. You know, when you're meant to just stay, stick on your one yeah. foot, they sort of just like move the pivot foot around, and you're like, that's why people when they ask you, they're like, oh, so how many steps are you allowed to take in basketball? And you say like two. I always say two, but if it looks like two, it's all you need. If it looks like three, but you take one, yeah. it's they're gonna call it. Exactly. Like, if you're running at like a super fast pace, like let's say you're on a fast break and you're running at a flame, you yeah. catch the ball. And you do like a one, two, three. No one cares. No one, no, no one, they're going to be. You probably take four steps. Yeah, you could be like one, two, three, four. Like, yeah. It'll be rare for them to say, like, it's going to be a travel, unless so, it's that blatant where they're like, what? Unless that? it's embarrassing. Yeah. But to be honest, some of the referees have been embarrassing. With all these ejections, 
Um, What's going on with all these ejections? Like, you're getting DeMarcus... Not DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, he almost got ejected, you'd think. Yeah. But Kevin Durant's been ejected three times this season. Admittedly, like, he's trying to be a tough guy. Yeah. It's probably... Not all the rest fault, but people like LeBron's ejection, Anthony Davis's ejection. There's way too many ejections. Way too many ejections. And they said that like um on the Area Twenty One show with a uh, KG and Rasheed Wallace, who are like two infamous players of that. Rasheed Wallace about like, flagrant fouls and all those technical fouls and stuff. And they're like, why are there so many ejections? But I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to. Well, that LeBron one. I know it happened a while ago, but that was literally just. I feel like the ref just like. Saw LeBron coming at him and just got scared. Yeah, just yeah, blew the like, whistle. And yeah, but that's the problem. Like he intimidated the ref, and like out of like principle, you shouldn't do that. Like he literally went up to the ref grill and like started yelling at him, and like that's not an ejection. Like that's a technical. I don't know what he was saying though. You know, he could have he could have just saying like so many like exploits. I doubt LeBron was telling him he was going to kill him or anything. Of course not, but like. Well, why would you eject him? Okay, you know it's a you, you're a professional ref. Unless the guy basically says, "I'm gonna kill you," like, I'm gonna kill dude, you. you're a professional ref. Deal with it. You're getting paid a big reta- retainer. You're getting paid big salary. Yeah, but if one of the things, like especially, deal with it. But maybe they did it to LeBron as like a sort of cautionary tale, so like saying like even if you're the best player, you cannot do. You cannot show disrespect to the referee. And like I, if they, I understand. I understand, like, that premise. Like, that's fair enough. you got to show respect to authorities, and that's what you got to, you know, that's what... Yeah. That's just in all walks of life. And so, I but guess... Don't make him... Don't try to ruin it. The players are who they're to see. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's, it, it, I, I, saw, I saw, like, the uh, ejection, and even though I think it was a tad bit harsh, I didn't disagree with it. Well, like, I mean, like, like, he could have gone without doing it, of course, but, like, because he did it, I was like... Uh, I thought like it wasn't ill advised. Well, Anthony, it, it was sort of like the Sean Livingston one. It was the same oh, that was a legit. That was him trying to be a too cool. Yeah, that like, was legit. He legit had like a like a hissy fit. It was weird. Yeah, he started headbutting him. You know, Jared Hayne, don't go around headbutting people. <laughs> Jared Hayne, um, Zidane. Although, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a legend. Hey, I still think. Um, no, but I mean, Anthony Davis's ejection that was really interesting because the ref had basically Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I think it was against the Timberwolves. He fouled Davis, didn't oh, yeah, get yeah, called. It was, it was, Davis yeah. turned around and was like, what? No call? Okay. Then he goes, doesn't foul uh, Towns. Towns gets a foul called on him, shoots an and one or just two free throws. Then Davis takes it up again, gets fouled again. They don't call it. Then takes a shot, gets fouled again. They don't call it. Davis turns around and he's just like, dude, like you can't just keep doing this. Yeah. Like, I've just, you've just dudded me like literally five times in a row and he was angry at him. And at some point the ref has to be like, all right, fair enough. And just kind of be like, we're cool and play it on. I don't think, you don't get much respect from players if you screw up endlessly. And then when they show frustration at you, you send them off. That's not how you get respect from the players. That's ultimately what you're trying to get. Yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, they're being too extreme with it potentially, but I guess, in, like I said, in principle, I don't really disagree. With, like, I don't disagree with many of the ejections. I think all the ejections are advised because, again, you got to show respect to the referees. And in regards to those things as well, the, the NBA and those players are the examples for the younger youth. And then you see that with people like that's true. You know what I mean? You don't want you don't want like fifteen year old kids like going up to like an eighteen year old referee kid and like just yelling at him, and he's like, "Well, what the hell is going on?" They got to be the example to show that. 
the referees deserve some respect. They even and like you got to play when the calls are bad. It's just nature. Some calls are going to be in your favor. Some calls are going to be against you. It's the whole nature of fifty fifty. So that's true. That's a good point. You know what I mean. So you I probably think, got I, me there. I think that's what that's probably like the biggest sort of uh, thing they're trying to promote with the whole ejection thing. But it has gotten out of hand. I, yeah, I think the LeBron one looked so rash though. Wasn't like he was like calm down, calm down. Yeah, At least yeah, the Davis yeah. one, the ref kind of yeah, was like was, gave him a chance. He still went and then he sent him. Yeah, the Le- I guess yeah. In the regards to the LeBron James one, it wasn't like he was talking to the ref like back and forth like throughout like the whole game no like, just like one instance where he just went ballistic the ref just panicked and sent him and yeah. i don't know you shouldn't be doing that yeah and it did that was like for uh, lebron james's first ejection which is insane he does his first ejection yeah. ever in a 15 year career so that's a that's pretty good that, that's a big good record i mean to be honest lebron complaining about being fouled like you get enough calls yeah. man like you travel it all the time you constantly Getting calls, like, cop it. You're up by, like, 10. Just cop it. Yeah. I think. Have you seen that uh, back in the day when Tim Duncan got ejected? Have you seen that one? You can search it up on YouTube. He's literally sitting on the bench. He's just sitting regularly on the bench. Nothing's happening. And then, like, I think maybe his teammate tells a joke or something and he laughs. One of the referees goes, turns around, texts him, and chucks him out of the game. What? Out of nowhere. And then he's just sitting there just going, like, did he think he was laughing at him? Yeah, I think. I, yeah, I think the referee assumed that he was laughing. Oh, the referee assumed that Tim Duncan was laughing at him, and then he just got ejected. And everyone's like, "What the heck?" Even you could see his face going like, "What the <laughs> hell just went on?" Greg Popovich is like, "What the?" Heck? And talking about Greg Popovich, he got uh, ejected as well. Yeah, his, his one is the most deserved one. He went off. Yeah, he went off. He went off. That's why you're gonna love Pop, though. Yeah, he's awesome. Oh, yes, but. Well, I mean, in the in the rugby, we have the opposite problem. We have too many refs who will send people for ten minutes, but they will Especially never. Recently, yeah. yeah, they will never send them off. Like you could commit the worst, like a WWE style coat hanger. Yeah. Now they won't send you with the red card because, like, sort of the league sees it as a really big deal to red card someone. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's it changes the whole fabric of the game. Big. Like the Pelicans and the and the uh, the Warriors didn't. Yeah, well, he, he did get ejected. Yeah, both of them. Really, yeah, it was a double ejection. And because Davis wasn't playing in that game, that ended it. Yeah, that it, meant that it was no one versus Clay and Dre as opposed to Kevin Durant, Boogie, and Clay and Dre. Like New Orleans' offense just fell apart. And like, I, 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 that one maybe didn't deserve a double ejection. They ejected because there was a conflict. And I think Cousins got ejected based off reputation. Yeah. And I think maybe even Durant as well, because he had two ejections prior to that. Durant was acting way too tough, though. Yeah. Dude, well, you said something about like him trying to act tough when he's not trying to... When he's not well, he was tough. acting really tough, and then Boogie was calmed down, like, you know, keep it calm for the cameras, for the refs. Yeah. After the game, he went looking for him, and there yeah. were no cameras. Insane. But yeah, man, ejections. I, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Because that is a good point you make. Like, you've got to strike that balance between... They're professional refs, they're grown men, they know what they're getting into. But also the, the example. Example, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. And you don't want like you don't want young kids again, like yelling at the ref and stuff. Because I've seen it before, like playing rugby and stuff. Like people go up to the ref, uh, 
you know, family members would go up to the refs. It's pretty intense. Like, it's not a good environment for referees, just in general. Oh, yeah. They, some... have, they have so much pressure already because much of the game is dictated in their hands and, like, different calls and stuff and how they sort of um, officiate the way uh, the game's going to play. But... Oh, yeah, definitely at the junior level, there needs to be more respect for refs. And I, I'm a bad example. Like, I, I don't respect refs. Oh, I don't either. That's the thing. It's ironic because, like, I'm the one that just swears at the rhythm. Like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me, ref? What was that BS? I'm pretty sure for a rugby game for school. I'm pretty sure we had, for, for we had, we had like, an ex-rugby uh, great referee in our game. And, like, we're, we a few did, of us we were going did. off at him. We, did, we had no idea he was, like, an ex-NRL legend. We had an NRL legend coach. He picked me for selection as well in the North Sydney Bears oh, team. He that and was hilarious. Oh, uh, uh, that is yeah, and it was like a rat, and like he'd do everything. And we'll just go like, no, that will do some BS, bro. Yeah, and then we got off the game, and like all the people were like, you know, that was Greg Florimo. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I know. What? And then everyone else was like, who's Greg Florimo? And I'm like, North Sydney Bears legend. He played State of Origin for Australia. <laughs> He's a legend amongst like rugby league. Yeah. Oh, whoops. Whoops. <laughs> I gave him a mouthful. He was really good about it, though. Yeah. But that's because he's more mature as well. And like, he probably was like that himself. Exactly. He was probably more... That's for me. He's more mature. Think about, like, a 19-year-old ref or something getting that much heat. Oh, yeah. And it's like... See, that's not cool when exactly. you're a kid. They're yeah. just, like... They're giving up their Saturdays trying to help, like, grow the game. Exactly. Well... You got anything else? No, no. I think that's it. We've been, uh... We had a bit of sort of let us let us know what you think of that whole refs ejection thing. Yeah, no. If if you if you think you want to you know contribute more to the podcast, you know comment any things you want us to talk about. Um, you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Twenty Three Shots of JD. Links, you know, all that stuff will be in the description below. Um, you know, support us on Patreon and all that stuff. We're not going to be forcing you, but we hope that we put out good content that you know you want to really uh get behind this community that we're trying to build. Absolutely. Anything else? Uh, you want to talk about it? No, I'm thankful you didn't get deep into any conspiracies again. Oh, wait, that was good. Mate, stay tuned for some conspiracy talk. That's we're going to talk about conspiracy soon on the podcast. Let's wrap let's this go. up. Let's wrap this let's up. Go. Let's, 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 let's go. Let's Before, go. All right. yeah, that's it. All right, bye. Dollars. <laughs>